Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 here on this big Thursday, December the 29th. Uh, counting today, we've got three days left before the new year. And uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know, we're going to see a little more rain today, shouldn't we? Slight, slight chance this afternoon, but... Real good chance in the overnight hours into tomorrow morning. So, uh, do you rather the wet or do you weather the cold? <laughs> no, no, trust me, I'm much more happy with the wet than the cold. Anyway. Uh, and, and worse, of course, when wet meets cold. That's right. That's right. So, uh, in the meantime, but I do think uh, th- there's another cold snap coming through. Not quite as frigid as the Arctic air we saw last weekend. But, uh, anyway, it'll be a little cooler. So, uh, we'll see how things uh uh, go. Meanwhile, uh, last night, uh, I don't know if many people watched this, but uh, on the Valley Sports Network, uh, the Pelicans took on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. And um, when I'm telling you, the fourth quarter uh, came down to the Zion Williamson show as he scores the last 14 points for the Pels, who at one time uh, during the uh, uh, fourth quarter trailed by as many as eight points. And uh, he put on a show. Uh, I'm telling you, scored a career high, 43 points last night, Williams did. He was 14 out of 21 from the floor. The only three he takes uh, late in the game uh, when the Pelicans are down by five, he hits it, uh, goes on to uh, hit 14 out of 19 free throws, missed one uh, late in the game, could have uh, cost the uh, Pels, but uh, put them up by one with about uh, three and a half seconds left, uh, of course, in the NBA with the different rules. Uh, the Timberwolves get the ball at uh, half court and uh, miss about a 12-footer at the baseline. And the Pelicans go on to win 119-118. to 118. And uh, leading uh, Anthony Edwards uh, led the Timberwolves. He was tw- uh, 10 out of 23, uh, 27 points, 5 for 9 from the free throw line. Uh, but going back to Zion Williamson, folks, I mean, he's a jewel. I know Anthony Davis was a fine player for the Pelicans. Uh, they traded him off to the Lakers for draft choices and a few players and all. But I'm telling you, Zion Williamson is the real deal, Jeff. I mean, this kid, and he's a kid. I mean, he's 22, 23 years old out of Duke University. I think he's in his, what, third year now? And he's missed probably half the games oh, that uh, he was that. scheduled to play for the Pels. Uh, of course, they have an 82-game regular season. But if the playoffs started today in the NBA, the Pelicans would be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I mean, that's how much he's meant to this Pelican team. And the crowd did uh, appreciate it. Pretty much a packed house, you know, with the Saints playing poorly. There's a sellout, and uh, their next game is sellout, too, it was announced. Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, if you have access to Valley Sports Network, uh and I think the Pelicans play, uh, I want to say not tonight, I want to say Friday. they play Friday night against uh, the 76ers come to town. They have a pretty impressive record. They're 20 and 13. Of course, the game that uh, I think most people are going to want to see in the next uh, uh, few weeks, uh, and that's going to be uh, January, I want to say, uh, it's going to be later on in January, about the, uh, January 6th. Brooklyn right now, I think, is on like a 13 or a 10 or a 12 game winning streak right now. They're the they've got team. a big uh, 12th night uh, event planned for yeah. January 6th. That, that's going to be a big game. And, uh, of course, the Pels uh, do play again uh, tomorrow night when Philadelphia comes to town, as I mentioned. And uh, it's worth watching this kid play, I'm telling you. He, 
he's a franchise type player, and the way he's playing right now, uh, he's going to get a lot of votes for MVP of the league uh, if he continues to play. Of course, injuries have always been a telling stat for him in that regard. As uh, the Pelicans, uh, uh, you know, they still they shoot very well. That's what kept Minnesota in their game. They hit uh, almost fifty one percent of their shots from the field. Uh, meanwhile. Uh, the uh, the Pelicans uh, shot right at forty six percent from uh, from the three point line. Uh, each team only committed uh, eleven and thirteen turnovers between the Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Uh, uh, Zion Williamson, uh, the Pels, uh, early in the game got down big. Uh, they were down by as many as ten points in the first half. They rallied back in the third period, outscoring the Timberwolves thirty seven to thirty three. Then outscored them 33-30 to 30 in the final period as Zion Williamson, as I mentioned, scores the last uh, 14 points, and he just took over the game. He, he brought the ball down. He was a point guard. He dished off, uh, but most of the time you could see him driving to the basket using his left hand for scoops and layups and uh, even a, uh, with – the with the Pelicans literally down by a point, or the game, excuse me, the game was tied, and uh, with a little under a minute left to play, probably close to thirty seconds, he steals the ball from the uh, Timberwolves point guard and goes in for a dunk, and uh, but they puts the Pels up by uh, two. Uh, of course, the Timberwolves come back to score uh, to tie it up, and then he is fouled driving to the basket with about four seconds left. He hits the first front end of the two free throws and missed the back end. Uh, the, of course, the Timberwolves call time, get the ball at half court, and uh, miss about a 12-footer. And uh, Pelicans hold on to beat the Timberwolves. And really, I mean, one of the more exciting games I've seen in the NBA action. And, of course, the crowd loving it uh, uh, in that regard. So, uh, like you mentioned, Jeff, didn't know it was a sellout or not. Yeah, earlier yesterday I had heard that they announced both that and Friday night's game as sellouts. And it's great to see you. In, in fact, we're on the 20th anniversary of the Pelicans franchise. And I don't know if you saw this uh, story yet. NOLA.com, it's also in The Advocate and on either of their websites, uh, sort of uh, how it came to be that the Hornets made that move from Charlotte to New Orleans and all the behind the scenes, uh, the political maneuvering uh, from public-private officials. Uh, it's an interesting story. I'd encourage folks uh, who have any interest in that. I remembered a lot of those details. Uh, one of the things I remember the most about the Pelicans, or then the Hornets coming in, they displaced the brass. That's right. And I always thought it was a shame that they couldn't find a way to, but they basically just kicked that team out. Uh, good East Coast Hockey League uh, team. I Before I moved to New Iberia, went to a lot of brass games at the arena. Also the old uh, municipal auditorium before they built the arena. Uh, just doesn't make uh, still sense to me when NHL and NBA teams can share arenas why uh, it was almost as if they no we're not going to share this with a minor league team you know <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean and, and I don't know you know the East Coast League didn't stick around uh, long in the South after that uh, obviously the ice original ice skater team folded and uh, again it it the, the fad kind of wore out uh, unfortunately for me it wasn't a fad uh, for me it was pretty good hockey but anyway uh, interesting history of the uh, Hornets now Pelicans coming uh, into town, and I'd forgotten that the NBA actually owned the franchise for a couple of years That's after right. the original ownership group uh, kind of just said, we, we can't sell it, we can't find a buyer, we got to get out, 
NBA carried it for a couple of years before the Bensons stepped up. Yeah, and I think uh, Mr. Benson, uh, the number at six in my head, he paid maybe $225 million, $230 million for him somewhere in there and uh, kept them uh, in New Orleans. But like you said, that original group that had them just said, uh, we, can't, we, we don't have any money, we can't handle it. And the NBA, like you said, took them over and, for And a again, years. remember, this is after Katrina. That's right. You know, uh, they moved to Oklahoma City for a couple of seasons, uh, the, the initial one, and then they stayed there a second season. And I'm sure that uh, and economics uh, in New Orleans at the time, whether folks, uh, the, the number of folks having returned to New Orleans and, was that going to be a priority 40 times a year? You're right. You're right. And I want to say the mayor at the time was it? Um, uh, well, uh, was the mayor that's, yeah. in 2002. Right. Then uh, Ray Nagin. Then Nagin took over, that. yes. Uh, but Morial had a lot to do with getting him there. He did. Uh, he did. He, along with a, a special group of people, uh, I saw that article. I wasn't able to read into it. Uh, but it was an interesting article how uh, – a lot of politics, putting things together to get him there and all. And after, you know, and David after, Stern was cold to the idea. He was. He, he's not a big small market guy. And, you know, not that there were a lot of big markets that were available. Uh, again, a team's going to move from Charlotte. Uh, they, the, the ownership was reviled, apparently, in Charlotte uh, after they made some claims. Charlotte chose not to build a new arena. And that's when they started looking to, to move. And, uh, Stern was cold to the idea, but Senator John Bro apparently made his case. Uh, yeah, he and, did. And, uh, and again, a lot of other people stepping up. But it all went back to very controversial uh, uh, piece of legislation back around 92, 93 that uh, built Zephyr Field, built the Alar- it, it may have helped build the Alario Center. I think. And also uh, Saints training facilities got a boost. And then, of course, the smoothie, what is now the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, there was a lot of politicking going on with regards to the Smoothie King Center. I can't remember the uh, dollar amount they spent to build it. But uh, right there next to the Superdome and uh, just a walk away is a bridge they built, a walkway uh, from the Superdome into the Smoothie King. Not only that, a lot of the infrastructure is shared, the heating and air conditioning and those kind of things because of the proximity, sharing the parking lots. Uh, Obviously, there are some days where it's probably a bit of a conflict, but it is what it is. Uh, Not too many Sunday afternoon games. Uh, If the Saints are playing at home, they might play Sunday night, might Cause some what of a problem on some occasions, but I'm sure they minimize those. Yeah, they do, and uh, it's uh, and also with parking. You know, they uh, they I want to say they they with the uh, after Katrina they did a lot of you know the Hyatt uh, was completely changed around, and uh, with all the little stores underneath on the ground floor and all. I know uh, I used uh, access to it. I've been to a, a few Pelican games. It's been a few years since I've been to the last one, but. Uh, it's uh, it's it's something to behold. I remember going to see the Jazz play in the Superdome. Never did go to the Loyola Fieldhouse to watch them play or the Municipal Auditorium, but uh, went to watch when Pistol Pete was playing with the Jazz and uh, uh, saw him that night score, <laughs> I think, 69 points on Walt Frazier's head, head used it as a peep sight to the basket uh, in that ball game that night. But uh, interesting uh the uh, Jazz, and then uh, they just picked up and left after, what, five or six years, moved out to Utah. The only thing I regret is they let them get away, Barry Mendelson and that crowd who owned the Jazz at the time, let them get away with the uh, 
the moniker uh, jazz that should have stayed in New Orleans and let them uh, the Utah mountains or whatever the case may be out in Ogden, Utah, with our Salt Lake City with regards to that. But uh, going back to uh, Zion Williamson, uh, if you get a chance to uh, watch him play on TV or even in person if you're down in New Orleans, he scores a career high last night, and then they pick up their fourth win. When I was watching the game late, the way uh, the Timberwolves were playing, I didn't think the uh, Pelicans had a chance to pull that game out. And Zion Williamson with uh, – his uh, ability uh, found a way to score the last 14 points, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, he just took the game over, and they just couldn't stop him. It's amazing. You know, he's not like he's 6'11 or 7 foot. He's 6'7, probably 270 pounds maybe. Uh, reminds me of a young Wes Unsell uh, mm-hmm. in that regard. Wes Unsell, who played uh, for Louisville with the Cardinals back in college and then on to the uh, – NBA with the Washington Bullets, he, he was only about 6'7 or so, but uh, just commanded the basket and held his own. And Williams can do the same thing with a lot more athletic ability uh, around the basket. It's just amazing how he can uh, get inside and put up short jumpers and layups and dunks and uh, and being a lot quicker than some of the taller men, the big people. And it's almost – and like I said, he he was bringing the ball. He was the point guard uh, late in the game with under two minutes left. He was bringing the ball down the floor. And they were spreading the court, giving him room uh, in the lane to go in for layups and dunks and everything else and short jumpers. And uh, he's quite impressive, Jeff, uh, yeah. to watch him play. I mean, and, and looking back, uh, even as he was beginning his freshman year at Duke – he was. I mean, he didn't play one college basketball game, and everybody thought he would be the number one pick in the NBA draft. That he'd be, you know, one and done at Duke, which uh, was the case. And sure enough, I mean, he was. And I don't remember the rest of that draft class, uh, whether or not it was that obvious. But uh, he just. He, he, the expectations were there at Duke, and he carried them through. That he did. And uh, I can remember watching a game. He was playing for Duke, and he blew his shoe out. I mean, his shoe literally came apart. And I don't know if that's when he injured initially his ankle. And he's had that uh, ankle issues uh, for a few years now, along with back. And uh, he's missed a whole lot of games. This is, I can't say it's his fourth year. I want to say it's his third year maybe in the NBA. So he's 22 years old. He was 18 or 19 at Duke, uh, was the number one draft choice, uh, like Anthony Davis was for the uh, Pelicans back in the day. And uh, he he had his injury issues too, and he even more so now with uh, the Lakers as he's played with the Lakers. And uh, in the meantime, uh, the Pelicans last night, uh, and they've got a really deep bench. Uh, they're one of their better players. Ingram right now is injured and hadn't played the last few games. He was sitting on the bench last night cheering them on. And uh, I look forward to uh, watching them again play uh, Friday night uh, and see how that turns out. Of course, they got a lot of good football games on. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about those in the next few minutes. But uh, going back to the uh, Pelicans, uh, they, uh, they're very impressive. Like I mentioned uh, to Jeff moments ago, if the playoffs were held today in that regard, they would be the number one seed in the uh, NBA Western uh, Conference. And uh, right now they're 22-12. and 12. Uh, They're tied with Denver, but I think they have the uh, advantage over Denver head-to-head, uh, along with uh, the Clippers at 21-15 and 15, who lead the Pacific uh, Division on the NBA Western side. Uh, New Orleans has a game-and-a-half lead over Memphis, and I think they play them in the next two or three games. So, uh, like I mentioned, if you get an opportunity to uh, 
to watch some of those games. Uh, uh, it's uh, something to see. Uh, New Orleans, as I mentioned, the number one seed, followed by Denver, Memphis, the Clippers, Phoenix, Sacramento, Dallas, and Portland would make uh, the playoffs. Of course, you have play-in games now. Of course, Boston, the Celtics, still head and heels above everybody else in the eastern side over Brooklyn, who's uh, won 10 in a row, as I mentioned. They'll play the uh, Pelicans in New Orleans. I think January 6th, Jeff, I mentioned, and uh, you said they have some type of... Uh, yeah, that is 12th night to start a carnival, okay. and they've got uh, special events surrounding that. Okay. King cakes for everybody. That's right. That's right. King cakes for everyone. So, d- during Tesh Matters today, I- I'm going to talk about when is the appropriate time to eat a king cake because i've already seen some out there oh have you yeah. already yeah and yeah it's uh, the epiphany uh, ends uh what the fourth six maybe uh as the uh of course you can go into some of the stores here in town they got the mardi gras beads and uh the purple uh green and gold uh it's fun buy them for future use but i don't want to see it until january 6th okay i understand but uh the, the usually stores in town uh, oh yeah they, you, you you got you know a lot of people give grief to stores that in october have christmas items out but you're, you're buying in advance you're you're maybe buying that blow-up santa but you're not going to put it out until maybe after right. thanksgiving but yeah, people need to prepare for then the decorating. So it's, yeah. I get it. I yeah, get it. of course, it's almost like they jump over uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. Anyway, let's, uh, we'll do, we've got college bowl games to talk about in the next segment. Uh, some really exciting games last night and yesterday afternoon. So uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Ring in the new year all week long at the Quarter Tavern, the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday morning, December the 29th. Uh, of course, the bowl games yesterday, we had a few of them. I believe we, there were four, and uh, there was something to keep an eye on. Uh, of course, the uh, afternoon started off in the Military Bowl up in Annapolis, uh, Maryland, uh, where Duke and uh, Central Florida went at it, and I thought Central Florida uh, would give Duke a little better game. Uh, it was um, pretty much Duke controlled the game uh, from the outcome. They were leading at halftime 20-7. to uh, they also add on a field goal in the third quarter to make it uh, 23 to 7. And then uh, Central Florida scores a touchdown uh, mid, uh, early midway through the fourth quarter to make it uh, 23 to 13. Thought they'd have a chance, but uh, John Rise Plumley, the fine quarterback at Central Florida, uh, who didn't rush uh, for all that many yards yesterday, is uh, they had to throw the football. Uh, they threw it 34 times. Uh, they even tried a couple halfback passes. I saw that uh, a few weeks ago. But in the meantime, Duke uh, gets a late score to go up 30-13 to 13 as the Dukesters uh, go on to win a bowl game, I think, for their first time in a few years uh, as Riley Leonard, their quarterback, not only uh, threw for 173 yards, he also led them in rushing with 10 carries for 63 yards. And the Dukies go down 30-13. to 13 And uh, Duke uh, football – uh, wins, I think, their ninth game, and they haven't done that too many times in the history of their program right now. And uh, we'll see um, uh, following the next game, which was another game that uh, just unbelievable, uh, Kansas and Arkansas. Do I say uh, or Kansas, or do I, as, uh, as Les Miles used to call them, or Kansas, or do we call them Kansas uh, or Arkansas? And give Les Miles credit for starting the rebirth of that Kansas program. Oh, that's you're right. And, 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 and honestly, I don't know if he does deserve that credit, but uh, it's it's an interesting piece of history. It is in Kansas. Um, even and I'm a, I can go back to when Pepper Rogers was the coach there uh, at uh, Kansas back in the '60s with Bobby Douglas who was a fine quarterback. Uh, and you can go back to John Hadle, uh, who was at Kansas back in the day, um, who played for the Chargers in the OAFL in the uh, early 60s. But Kansas last night, they're down. I mean, uh, they're out of the game. Uh, every time you turned around, it seemed like Arkansas. Arkansas was up 24-7 to in the first period. 31-10, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I kind of turned it around. I watched a little bit of the Pelicans, and uh, they had another bowl game on between North Carolina and uh, also uh, Oregon uh, that we'll talk about later. But uh, meanwhile, uh, Arkansas, and then Arkansas is up. Um, Kansas uh, makes a little comeback uh, as they're down 31-13 uh, to 13 going into the uh, halftime. They both each score seven points. But Kansas scores 18, outscores Arkansas 18 to nothing in the uh, fourth quarter. Of course, uh, with about two minutes left, they score. Uh, with maybe a little over a minute left, they get an onside kick. They drive down the field, score, uh, kick the extra. Uh, or, no, they had to go for two, I think, at the time. And uh, they score. And uh, the tie the game up at 38. And uh, here we go as Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, for Kansas was 37 out of 55 for 544 yards and five touchdowns. And uh, he literally was controlling uh, that Kansas offense. And uh, Arkansas just couldn't stop them. They go into overtime. Each team scores a touchdown and kicks the extra point. Each team heads to the second overtime. And uh, as Arkansas scores first uh, and a play or two, and they have to go for two, they make it. Kansas comes back and they score. They go for two and they make it. 
And then in uh, college football, the rules kind of changed up a little bit because of all these overtime. Basically, they put the ball down at the three-yard line in the third overtime, and you go for you go for two, uh, like a two-point conversion. And uh, Arkansas scored theirs. Kansas didn't. And Arkansas wins the football game 55-53. to And Arkansas went into the game as a one-point pick. The over and under, boy, they blow that out. It was 70 and a half. Of course, they score 108 points. Not necessarily the highest scoring bowl game ever, but uh, it's up there in probably the top five. But uh, what a ball game, and you kind of felt for the Kansas team. And like Jeff said moments ago, you know, Les Miles was up there for, what, uh, three or four years before he ran into a little trouble. And I think uh, it wasn't the uh, LSU trouble that got him in trouble. It was something up in no, Kansas. No, it was. It was ended up the LSU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the, the scandal about the students, uh, the interns, or okay. something to that effect. All right. Uh, that uh, just trickled over, and Kansas had uh, – felt the need to do something okay and uh they get rid of him bring in a new coach and uh i tell you what uh kansas i, I was really i, I was kind of surprised uh but they ended up winning uh i want to say uh, didn't they end up winning a eight or nine uh games this year maybe 10 games this year kansas yes no they finished six and seven six and, oh okay i thought maybe they, oh they started out like a house yes, of fire yes yeah that's what it was they were i want to say were in the top 25 top 15 at one time four and oh five and oh before they uh, started to, yeah it started uh, to slide they started getting to conference play but uh i think they beat texas this year if my memory serves me right kansas did uh, and uh, what a ball game last night. I mean, that's what college football is all about uh, with regards to uh, uh, the play last night. Let's see, pulling up Kansas here. Kansas started out 1, 2, 3, five 4, 5, and 0. Oh. Then they lost to uh, TCU, 38-31. Uh, then Oklahoma beat them 52-42. They lost to Baylor, 35-23. They beat Oklahoma State, 37-16. Lost to Texas Tech. Uh, they did lose to Texas. Texas mauled them 55-14, uh, and Texas Tech beat them 43-28, and along with uh, Kansas State beat them 47-27, and they lose that tight game last night. What a ball game. Elsewhere, uh, also last night, uh, uh, Oregon came in at a heavy favorite against North Carolina, and they had to hold off uh, uh, North Carolina as uh, the Oregon, I want to say the Ducks, uh, score 14 points in the fourth quarter. And they beat North Carolina and Mac Brown by the score of 28 to 27. Bo Nix, you know, the former Auburn quarterback who uh, transferred out to Oregon was 23 out of 30 for 205 yards, a couple scores. Uh, as Marquise Irving uh, carried it 13 times for 149 yards and two Ds for the Ducks. Meanwhile, uh, Drake May, who uh, came into a lot of controversy in the last week or so as uh he said that uh, one of these schools offered him $5 million in an NIL to transfer out. And uh, I don't know how true that is, but I know if I wouldn't make a statement like that if it wasn't. But, uh, Jeff, uh, and there were rumors that maybe Notre Dame was uh, trying to entice him to uh, transfer out and get in the portal. And uh, you cannot talk to one of these players until they get into the portal. When that action takes, he's got to approach his uh, school, tell him he wants to get into the portal. They do the necessary paperwork. And anybody uh, or any college can, uh, can call him or get in touch with him once you enter the portal. But if you don't enter the portal, there's no type of uh, – uh, you can't speak with these kids about transferring uh, or anything of that nature. So uh, we'll uh, just have to wait and see. But Mac Brown, 
his North Carolina team uh, get beat uh, by uh, one point uh, over in Oregon in uh, a bowl game, the Holiday Bowl game out in San Diego. And Oregon holds on. Uh, I think Oregon's 15th rated in the country right now. Uh, uh, they were heading into the game. Yep, and uh, they win by one. Anyway, the final game last night, uh, which was a late uh, game, as Texas Tech and Ole Miss go at it up in uh, the Texas Bowl over in Houston. Uh, Ole Miss came into the game a five-point pick. The over and under was 72. Uh, They didn't reach that, but they got close. Anyway, uh, Texas Tech opens up a 10-7 lead after the first quarter and then uh, puts up 16 more points in the second quarter to go into halftime up 26-7. Ole Miss scores again. John Lee Prumley leads them down the field. It's uh, 26 to 13, and you think you have a ball game, but yet uh, Texas Tech, uh, just uh, Tyler Slough, their quarterback, 24 out of 39, 242 yards, one touchdown. He also rushes 25 times for 111 yards and two TDs. And uh, the unusual thing about this game, Jeff, as high a scoring game it was uh, in that regard, both teams went for it on fourth down 13 times in the game. Wow. Yeah, Texas Tech, the reason they won it, they were 5 of 6 on fourth down. Ole Miss was 2 of 7. And Texas Tech, uh, when I was watching the game on a couple of occasions, they stopped uh, Ole Miss on fourth and one. Uh, Ole Miss trying to run off tackle off guard four or five times during that game last night. And uh, even the commentators, there were only two punts in the game. I wonder, is that one of the reasons Lane Kiffin was given a lot of grief uh, after the game? I know uh, on Twitter they lit him up. They did. I didn't go into it, but I saw a headline in that regard. Yeah, and Ole Miss uh, was penalized eight times for uh, 86 yards. They also had five turnovers. And you don't win many games with five turnovers. Uh, Meanwhile, Texas Tech had two turnovers uh, during the course of the game. And uh, all I can say was Ole Miss, they just offensively, they just didn't look crisp last night. Uh, Their leading rusher who led the SEC in rushing, uh, Judkins, only had 91 yards on 20, I want to say 23 carries. And Texas Tech uh, just found a way to move the football all during the game. and they they just did a better job. They also, Brooks, their other, another running back, uh, their lead running back, had 14 carries for 90 yards. So uh, it just seemed like when they needed a big down, it seemed like they converted on uh, fourth down uh, or even. And the announcer said that they talked about these both these coaches not going, not not uh, uh, punting on fourth down. I don't care if it was fourth and two, fourth and three. They'd go for it. And uh, it made the game a little exciting, but Ole Miss couldn't keep up with Texas Tech as uh, the Texters uh, out of Lubbock. Uh, ended up uh, beating Ole Miss 42-25. to And like you said, I'm sure the uh, game was uh, well represented uh, over in Houston. So uh, in the meantime, um, uh, Ole Miss uh, just just didn't, I don't know, just didn't, uh, didn't look uh, like they were in sync uh, for last night. And well, one other note <clears throat> yes. from that uh, is that Lane Kiffin uh, at one point, I guess after the game, accused a Texas Tech player of, spitting on one of his players and maybe offering up a racial slur. To oh, wow. Not so I'm good. I'm not sure if that's going to be uh, investigated or not and uh, whether there's any truth to it or if Lane Kiffin was just uh, had the red behind. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right about that. And uh, I did hear something of that nature. But uh, 
the game got a little uh, chippery uh, during the course of the game. So, uh, but Ole Miss, just like I said, just didn't look in sync. And uh, of course, uh, they t- they journeyed into Baton Rouge earlier this year, and the Tigers put a whipping on them. Uh, uh, even though Ole Miss, I think, was up at halftime, and uh, LSU just put a pretty sound whipping on them uh, over in uh, Baton Rouge. Elsewhere, you know, to- well, you're bearing the big college news of the day. That's right, Keyshawn oh. Booty. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he has decided to uh, uh, not participate in the game. And I'm not sure if you've seen, does he have an explanation or yeah, anything? He's, uh, he's declaring for the draft. Really? After yeah. he made an announcement that yes. he was coming back to play his uh, last year? Here's, here's CBS's okay. take on it. LSU star wide receiver Kayshawn Booty, change of heart, and will declare for the draft less than a month after announcing he would return to LSU in 2023, LSU had announced earlier yesterday that Booty would not play in the Citrus Bowl on Monday, but that he was still enrolled for uh, the spring uh, classes. But by declaring for the draft, the junior has completely changed his plans just again 23 days after announcing he would return to the Tigers. At the time, he said, LSU has been nothing but amazing to me. My growth under the new staff has helped me reached new levels. While we did not achieve the overall goal, we still fought and produced results. That will be a stepping stone for future success. While some stories will end here, mine will not. Let's lock in the focus on the main goal of any LSU Tiger winning a national championship. Where he ends up in the draft, bit of a mystery. He had first-round potential in a loaded wide receiver class, but isn't listed among the top players at his position. But that could be because of his previous announcement but he's been one of the most electrifying wideouts in college football over the last three seasons. When healthy, he's been as important to his team as any offensive weapon. But uh, Coach Brian Kelly in a statement said, we support Kayshawn and his decision. He went through a thoughtful process and ultimately decided this was in his best interest. We appreciate all he did during his time at LSU and wish him well. So well, again. Uh, I, t- I uh, out of respect, uh, due respect, uh, uh, I think some agent got to Keyshawn Booty, to be very honest with you, and just read in the riot act saying that you could be picked in maybe the top uh, two rounds. Or there's a lot of money out there, and uh, uh, you know, it makes a young man start thinking uh, instead of going to class, uh, you're collecting a check. There's a big difference there. I don't care how much the NIL. Don't hear much about what the NILs paying LSU players, but. Uh, uh, and it's not LSU's paying them; it's outside networking paying uh, the uh, football players throughout the country. But Kayshawn, sorry to hear that, uh, was uh, maybe looking forward to seeing him play one more year at LSU and didn't have the year that uh, missed a few games during the course of the year and didn't have the uh, the, the numbers that didn't a lot have a of lot of targets early. No, no, not at all, and uh, just didn't uh, have that uh, kind of year a lot of people were expecting from him as he was a. Uh, preseason uh, announced as an All-American, too, for that matter, and uh, missed a few games due to uh, bumps and bruises. Not sure what it might have been, but didn't catch the balls, but put the ball in his hands, and he makes things happen, though, I can tell you that, and he has for LSU for the past year. Anyway, we need to go ahead and take another break. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, Bayou Sports, we'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, December the 29th. As uh, uh, We need to go ahead and take a break. But three more uh, football games on today, uh, bowl games, as Syracuse uh, and Minnesota go at it. They'll be playing in the Pinstripe Bowl up in New York. I think that game's going to be played in Yankee Stadium, too, if uh, my memory uh, comes to mind. Right, that's why it's called the Pinstripe Bowl. Okay, uh, that's right, the Yankee Pinstripe. So uh, you, you got me on one. Um, it's still uh, it's getting late, but uh, I missed that one. In the Cheez It Bowl over in Orlando today, Oklahoma at six and six takes on Florida State. Florida State ranked number thirteenth in the country. They're nine and three. Of course, uh, they could have been eight and four if uh, LSU had maybe made an extra point uh, late. But in the meantime, so they'll be playing uh, in the uh, bowl game. Uh, elsewhere, probably the big game tonight that a lot of people tune into, number 12, Washington, will host uh, number 20, Texas, in the Alamo Bowl. And I'm sure the orange will be pretty prevalent in uh, San Antonio, which uh, Austin is only about, uh, what, 40, 50 miles away. Uh, ESPN will carry that game tonight. Is 8-4 Texas, 10-2 Washington. Texas, uh, even though they're uh, rated lower or a three-point pick in that game, it's 67 and a half. Uh, is the over and under in that football game tonight. Uh, so uh, we'll see with the Texas Longhorns uh, playing against the Washington uh, Huskies in a big battle, uh, the 12th-ranked Huskies uh, uh, also. But Oklahoma-Florida State ought to be an interesting game, too, in that regard. So uh, we'll see how that uh, fly. And then tomorrow, uh, the bowl games uh, get going again as you have four of them on tap. Or you know, Check that out, five of them, Maryland, North Carolina, State started at 11 a.m. tomorrow, followed by Pittsburgh, UCLA at 1, Notre Dame in South Carolina uh, at 2.30, uh, Ohio, the university, uh, not Ohio State, but uh, Ohio University, the Bobcats, uh, take on Wyoming at 3.30, 
the big game that night is Tennessee and Clemson. The game of the Orange, the Battle of the Oranges in the Orange Bowl at 7 o'clock Friday night. And then, of course, it starts off again Saturday morning. So uh, if you like college football, it's here. And as uh, Jeff mentioned, we talked about Kayshawn Booty. He's decided to forsake his senior year after telling the LSU staff that uh, he'd come back for his senior year. But uh, he has entered his name, is that correct, into the NFL draft, Jeff? I don't know if official paperwork has been done, but yeah. Uh, So uh, that's where we are uh, right now with regards to – College bowl games and Kayshawn Booty, our local uh, young man, uh, will wish him well, whatever he decides. Uh, elsewhere, uh, NFL tonight, big game for the Cowboys as they journey up to Tennessee to take on uh, the Titans. Dallas is a 12-and-a-half-point pick in that game, and I know the Tennessee team has uh, their quarterbacks out. Uh, Derrick Henry, I don't think, is supposed to play in that game either. Uh, so... Uh, it's going to be a pretty big game for the uh, Cowboys as they still in the hunt for the number one seed uh, in the uh, National Football League and uh, the NFC side. Uh, so uh, Cowboys uh, tonight taking on Tennessee, uh, and that can, game can be uh, watched on the Prime Network uh, uh, for businesses that have uh, the Prime Network. And I know Jeff uh, uh, Quarter Tavern has access to uh, Prime, and they'll be broadcasting that game on tonight, along with uh, how many other TVs? Yeah, there's uh, 18 TVs, 19 total TVs. One is used for uh, other purposes. Okay. Anyway, uh, so if you uh, wish to go out and uh, watch a few games tonight, uh, Quarter Tavern, a sponsor of uh, Bayou Sports. It may try happen. and get the um, UL game on uh, tonight as well, taking on Coastal Carolina. Blackhawks play tonight too, so uh, a lot of uh, a lot of jiggling through. Exactly, the sets, huh? it's, it's a balancing act. <laughs> so, well, with eighteen TVs, it's not like you can be shut out. Hopefully, in the meantime, uh, uh, elsewhere, um, boy, the Raiders—they've made a big statement as they told Derek Carr. <laughs> their second round, uh, second round pick in fourteen to have a seat. I don't know if it's rumor or they made it clear. I don't know if it's rumor or if they made it clear, but basically they don't want them to get hurt uh, and ruin their trade uh, ability. And they also come into a big pile of cash. They got to pay him too. Still, if you would happen to get hurt too, but uh, the Raiders have decided to go with Jared Stidham. Uh, Stidham, who played at Auburn back in the day, and he was a draft choice of New England, and he was traded over to the Raiders uh, uh, back in, uh, I want to say, this past year maybe. As he started out, he was a fourth-round uh, draft choice out of Auburn uh, by New England, and uh, they moved him over to uh, uh, the Raiders, and that's where he'll be starting uh uh, for them this weekend, uh, not sure where the Raiders play, but uh, also Tua and the Dolphins. Tua, you know, Jeff has had three, has been in three concussion protocols this year, and once against uh, uh, Buffalo, then against Cincinnati, where he was bumped pretty hard, where his head hit the uh, the uh, field of play, and then this past week uh, against uh, Green Bay. So uh, you wonder. Um, and the NFL, uh, I'd be surprised if he plays this weekend. I'm not so sure they should tell him. Uh, well, no, he's to, he's in the protocol, and I'm pretty sure they've already ruled uh, Teddy Bridgewater to be there. The, it is. Bridgewater will be the starter. But I'm just saying uh, they still have a few games left. They could still make the playoffs. 
Do you do you take chances with this young man who's had who's been in a concussion protocol three times already this year? I mean, it's uh, going to be a and the NFL jumped on the Dolphins. You remember he got hurt and play they they just walked him through and he played the following weekend. You know, and and again, I know the NFL Players Association had issues with what went on this past weekend, but he never indicated that he was feeling bad. He never indicated anything. Uh, Obviously, you can look for signs, and uh, after a particular hit, uh, you, you obviously you hope to see some sign that makes it clear, but apparently that wasn't the case this time. No, it wasn't, and uh, you're wondering uh, if the Dolphins medical staff, uh, remember there was kind of an unusual situation uh, with one of the doctors overseeing Tua's uh, uh, concussion uh, issues, and uh, the NFL jumped in, I want to say, at the time after uh, the incident in Cincinnati, uh, or well, I don't know if it might have been in Miami, but they were playing Cincinnati where he uh, got a good bump to the head again. And uh, he, in uh, his last one, you know, after the Green Bay game last week, he, after the concussion uh, or the hit, I should say, he threw three interceptions. Uh, in the fourth quarter uh, against the Packers, and the Packers going to win that game. I think it was 26-20 or somewhere in that vicinity. But uh, uh, you wonder uh, if the NFL will come down on the Dolphins again with regards to the young man who's got a bright career ahead of him but uh, has been taking some beatings and uh, being in protocol against Buffalo, Cincinnati, and again Green Bay this weekend. So uh, a lot of thought process, and uh, the whole idea was to protect these uh, players whether it be a quarterback, running back, tackle, whatever the case may be. So um, interesting how this is going to come out. So we'll uh, just wait and see. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Saints injury report, Jeff, and uh, nothing good to report. <laughs> Here we go again w- with the Saints uh, trying to uh, keep, stay around in the playoffs. Uh, they journey up to Philadelphia this weekend uh, in a big game as they take on the Eagles. And the Eagles, uh, believe it or not, only a seven-point pick in this game. And uh, the Saints injury report uh, came out uh, uh, sometime yesterday uh, afternoon. Caden Ellis is on it, along with Justin Evans. Alvin Kamara's on it. Uh, Marshawn uh, Lattimore, along with Marcus May, the safety. Chris Olave, Andres Pete, uh, Ryan Rampchak, uh, Dwayne Washington, and Pete Warner. Uh, the ones that uh, did not practice, it looked like, were Dwayne Washington, uh, Ramchak, uh, Andres Pete, uh, Marcus May, Alvin Kamara did not practice. Uh, uh, full practice was Ellis, the linebacker, and uh, they list the uh, injuries. Uh, Ellis was a hand, shoulder for Evans, Kamara, quadriceps, uh, NIR, personal, not sure what that's about. Marshawn Lattimore, the abdomen still is an issue. Shoulder for May, Alave is his hamstring. Uh, Pete, his ankle, Ramchak and Ilyas, along with Washington Werner, had a hamstring injury. Uh, over on uh, the opposing sideline, uh, A.J. Brown, uh, the wide receiver, uh, a knee. Jordan Davis, uh, the defensive tackle, concussion. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the right shoulder. Uh, but uh, he did not practice, and neither did uh, Lane Johnson, a groin, uh, an offensive tackle, along with Avante Maddox, a cornerback who had a toe he did not practice along with Miles Sanders, a knee, uh, the running, fine running back, and he did not practice. So uh, some interesting injuries. Jeff, don't know if you have anything more on the injury report for the Saints, but uh, uh, you wonder if uh, Jalen Hurts is going to play against the Saints uh, this coming uh, Saturday. Oh, Sunday, excuse me. Yeah, again, 
you know, it's, I think it's going to be a game-time decision, but at the end, I'm going to think that they're going to look at the Saints and say we can beat this team at home and do what we need to do and uh, not risk Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so uh, they just need to win one more game to wrap up uh, the number one seed in the uh, NFC uh, division. Well, not only conference. in the conference, but uh, obviously clinch their division too. Yeah, and uh, a big game this weekend over on the AFC side as uh, Buffalo, don't they take on uh, the Bengals in another big game uh, uh for for them, so as uh, and I'm looking for that game right now. Yeah, Buffalo. That's a Monday night game. Buffalo at Cincinnati, and that's going to be the deciding game. Pretty much them in Kansas City, who's going to be the number one seed? Uh, as um, Cincinnati is 11 and four, Buffalo 12 and three. It's a picket game in Cincinnati. 49 and a half is the over and under. So uh, with that, we'll see how uh, that's going to turn out. Of course, the Chiefs. Uh, or in uh, Kansas City, taking on a Denver team that's four and eleven. Of course, the Chiefs are also twelve and three, and they're a twelve and a half point pick in that game at Chiefs Stadium. So, um, two big games uh, in the AFC for uh, number one seed. Of course, uh, Dallas still competing. They play tonight in Tennessee. Uh, they need to win to uh, stay up with Philadelphia. In the meantime, uh, by the way, if you're curious, or right. if anybody else is. You know, of course, Fox will have the Saints game, uh, and that's the only game they don't have a doubleheader. CBS uh, locally were being offered Miami at New England at noon. Then the late game, most of the nation, uh, other than parts of California, uh, Minnesota at Green Bay. And then uh, parts of the nation getting the Rams-Chargers game, but really just portions, not even all of California, just portions of California. Yeah, and then the late game, uh, Sunday nights, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, uh uh, I don't know if in Pittsburgh's been eliminated or not from uh, the uh, playoff action, but then the Monday night game. No, for them, though, the big deal will be trying to stay 500. Yeah, that's right. Tomlin has never had a losing exactly. season and with the with the Steelers. That, that's really what they're playing for, it seems, right now. Anyway, but uh, let's go ahead and take our final break. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, December 29th on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
Ringing the new year all week long at the Quarter Tavern, the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best ring prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. The game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. As we always try to do, keep up with some of our high school basketball, local high school basketball scores. Uh, first score on tap uh, we have here, Westgate uh, took on Ascension Episcopal. And Ascension Episcopal, Blue Gators uh, down the Tigers 45-42. And uh, uh, today in action. So uh, elsewhere uh, in uh, high school basketball action, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas journey from Hammond to take on St. Thomas Moore. And I know they have a big tournament uh, this time of the year over at uh, Lafayette. Uh, St. Thomas Moore down uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, 61-56. Elsewhere uh, in other action, uh, Catholic High. Uh, played Lafayette, the Mighty Lions. Uh, Mighty Lions take down the Panthers, 45-38 to in basketball action. Elsewhere, uh, Delcom and Kaplan played uh, a game yesterday. Uh, Kaplan, the Pirates, down the Delcom Panthers, 73-48. to uh, Newman, journey to Lafayette uh, last night, or yesterday, I should say. Again, they're in the tournament. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, as Newman, the Greenies, uh, beat uh, Father Turlings by a score of 72 to 47. And Newman's got a couple 6'9 kids that uh, I think are juniors this year now. That eliminated Turlings. Yeah, and uh, also uh, the Catholic High girls uh, took on the Iota Bulldogs uh, and lost 45 to 17. Uh, trying to find any other local scores. Jeff, don't know if you may have access to some of those. No, but but just talking about the St. Thomas Moore tournament uh, games today, Karen Crow takes on Barb in what I'm certain would be an elimination game for one of those two schools. And also today, uh, that may be the main game today. Uh, Westgate was eliminated from the tournament uh, after losing to Ascension Episcopal. Uh, they had also lost to Iowa earlier, uh, looks like. Isidore Newman's uh, next uh, opponent has not been determined, uh, but they're 2-0 and in the tournament. Looks like they're awaiting uh, somebody else. But let me uh, scroll through uh, some right. of my other scores from around the region, and hopefully uh, no uh, repetition there. Generet lost to Erath. Did you have that one? No, I didn't. 71-51. to 
And uh, I think we mentioned Iowa beating Barb 68 to 48. Lafayette beat Catholic 45 to 38. And let's see. I had the same Mortonville score where they downed East Jefferson by the score of 46 44. I have that. Uh, I do see now Generet uh, and Erath. I saw that score. That uh, was yesterday's action. Uh, not sure if some of those schools are in uh, the tournament or not. Another girls score I see here, St. Thomas More's girls down Lake Arthur by a score of 51-45. Other area scores girls, uh, St. Thomas More's girls down E.D. White, 60-35. to And uh, pretty much uh, that's all I have right now, Jeff. Katiana beat Westgate, 57-41. These, again, ladies score. Barb beat Washington Marion, 62-19. And Karen Crow beat Lagrange fifty-five to thirty-four. Let's see, Hansen beat Turlings fifty to forty-three. Uh, Iota beat Catholic High's uh, girls forty-five to seventeen. Lafayette beat Peabody forty-two to thirty-eight. Lafayette Christian over Rose Pine fifty-eight to thirty-nine. Uh, Nish beat Cecilia forty-six to twelve. North Vermilion beat Central Catholic fifty-six to thirty. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, see if I got... Southside beat Abbeville, 63-27. to 27. And St. Thomas More beat Lake Arthur, 51-45. to 45. Uh, Suggests here, uh, maybe they played two games yesterday. I find that hard to believe. Uh, maybe in a tournament, uh, possibly maybe so. Maybe 60-35 to 50, over E.D. White. Sulphur beat Oberlin, 55-35. to 35. And those are the regional scores that I have. All right. Uh, of course, high school basketball action in and around the state. Uh, of course, tomorrow, uh, Bayou Sports will be on an abbreviated uh, uh, segment as we uh, have the fishing and hunting show tomorrow, uh, approximately a little after uh, the obituaries, and then uh, on to the uh, Bayou Sports at around a quarter to eight to about 8.15. So, in the meantime, today in sports history, December the 29th, uh, on this uh, date in 1933, the New York Yankees owner, Jacob Rupert, who refuses to release the future Hall of Fame slugger, Babe Ruth, to manage the Cincinnati Reds. You know, Ruth always wanted to manage in the big leagues, but uh, his character and his uh, nightlife uh, prowls uh, kind of kept him from that as he couldn't take care of himself. Uh, managed, didn't manage, but coached, I think, for the Brooklyn Dodgers for a year or so. And uh, Braves, too. Yeah, Boston and, Braves yeah, at the time. That. That's right, uh, as they traded for him in uh, the last team in the majors he played for. Elsewhere in 1934 on this date, the first collegiate basketball doubleheader is played in Madison Square Garden as NYU beats Notre Dame 25-18 and Westminster edges St. John's 37-33. Elsewhere on this date in 1957, the NFL championship at Briggs Stadium as the Lions beat back the Browns 50-14. Lions scored two touchdowns in each quarter. Elsewhere in 1963 on this date, at Wrigley Field, the Bears beat the Giants. 14 to 10 is the Giants' third consecutive championship defeat. Of course, they got beaten 61 by the Packers and also 62 by the Packers in temperatures of 10 degrees Fahrenheit uh, over at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Elsewhere on this date, 1968, the AFL championship in Shea Stadium. The Jets beat the Oakland Raiders 27-23 as Joe Namath throws three TD passes, sparks the Jets' win, and, of course, the uh, Jets go on 
to win the Super Bowl that year in January of 69. Elsewhere in 1968, on this date, uh, Cleveland's Municipal Stadium, the Baltimore coach shot out the Browns 34 to nothing. Of course, everybody uh, thought Baltimore would beat the Jets in that Super Bowl game, but uh, the uh, Joe Nabeth uh, guaranteed a win, and they came on through. In 1974, on this date, the AFL Championship game, the Steelers beat the Oakland Raiders 24 to 13. Pittsburgh goes on to win their first NFL championship the following month. Elsewhere on this date uh, in Minneapolis, uh, the Vikings beat the Rams 14-10 to head to the Super Bowl where they lost to the Steelers at Old Tulane Stadium. Last football game played, a pro, fo- game, fo- pro football game played in Old Tulane Stadium was at Super Bowl in 75. Uh, elsewhere in 1982, college football coach Bear Bryant Ends his career with the University of Alabama with 323 wins as they down Illinois, I think, in the Liberty Bowl back in 82. It and, was. <clears throat> and Bear Bryant passes away the following Soon afterward, month. That's yeah. right. Uh, he sure did, sometime in January. Elsewhere in 2007, Tom Brady set the NFL record uh, throwing his 50th touchdown pass as the Patriots become the first team in NFL history to finish the regular season 16-0. and They go on to win two playoff games. But the New York Giants in the miraculous catch uh, end up beating uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl game to end up their season at 18-1. and Elsewhere on this date in 2020, the Milwaukee Bucks break an NBA record for the most three-pointers made by a team in a single game. They hit 29 that, uh, that afternoon or that night in a 144-97 victory over the Miami Heat in Miami. Also, birthdays today. Uh, born on this date in 1924, Dub Jones, a former Tulane All-American, father of Burt Jones, uh, NFL halfback and coach of the Browns, born in Acadia, Louisiana. I think he still holds the record of most scoring points in an NFL game. I think he scored 42 points in a game. I think it was tied by Alvin Kamara a couple years ago. Also born on this date, 1936, Ray Nitsky, the Packers' famous linebacker, born in Elmwood Park, Illinois. And we all remember him uh, from uh, uh, The Longest Yard. He was one of the uh, guards in that movie also in the game, big game. Ray Nitsky was a linebacker on the guards team. Also born in this date, uh, and everybody wants to know where he's going to end up coaching. Sean Payton was born on this date in 1963, the NFL coach of the Saints, Super Bowl champs, and APA coach of the year in 06, and the coach of Bonnie Gate. He was born in San Mateo, California. And I'm going to go back to uh, uh, Sean Payton, a quote here for Sean Payton, a quote of the day. Sean Payton said, you can call it a bounty. I call it a creative incentive program. <laughs> Of course, the Saints uh, were hammered uh, with that. Uh, Sean Payton had to sit out a year as the coach of the Saints. Uh, uh, I think it was 2012 he sat out the year completely. I think he ended up coaching his son's peewee football team over in Dallas somewhere. Anyway, that's today in sports history, December the 29th, a big Thursday. And, uh, Jeff, and don't know if you might have any uh, late stories. Or no, nothing. I just cleared uh, some headlines. <clears throat> Excuse me. But nothing uh, breaking uh, that I saw there. All right. Anyway, uh, today in sports history, Jeff, uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, right after the fishing and hunting show uh, around a quarter to eight. We'll be on for the abbreviated uh, segment of uh, Bayou Sports. All right. Big thanks to our sponsors, including Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative, District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, King Row Golf and Turf Club, and Schwing Insurance. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.